0: Thank <laughs> you. This is P.S. you Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things we love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Back again with another
1: Marvel movie. There's so many of these, it's like <laughs> every six episodes, we have a Marvel episode.
0: It's true, actually. I I saw a stat that, like, so far, I don't know if it's just, I guess it must be in the last, like, 12 months. There's been 50 hours of Marvel content with, like, the TV shows, and then you had... Uh, what was it? Eternals and Doctor Strange. Shang Chi. Doctor Strange. So there's been a lot, and it's it's starting to feel like a lot. <laughs> I know for you, it's been a lot since like 2015, but
1: it's been a lot since Iron Man two for
0: me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a lot, and like I like like Miss Marvel. I said is really cute. It's a cute show. I didn't like Doctor Strange. Like, I think it's been interesting to kind of parse out what is and is not working for the MCU right now. And I think this movie is a good sort of test for how you feel. Yeah, (laughs) You either like it or you don't. You want something from it or you're happy with what it is. And I think that says a lot about how someone feels about or what someone wants from the MCU going forward. So I'm curious how you like that. Yeah. Um... Well,
1: first off, I realized as I was watching this that I had never actually gotten around to watching Thor Ragnarok, (laughs) which I know is one of the ones that supposedly like the better Uh, Thor movies. uh And I was also sort of like clawing through the deep recesses of my mind to be like, what happened (laughs) in the first two Thor movies, which I know I did see, but... (laughs) <laughs> or did i i know i saw the first one did i see the second Not one? Y'all. and then i was like then i was like i know i oh, i man. know i like scrubbed through them because i wrote an article about loki at one point and was like <laughs> and was getting stuff out of there but then i was like i didn't end up finishing the loki show so i was like does that have to do with anything here
0: um and <laughs> and
1: yeah, this was all
0: happening in your mind as you were watching love and thunder yes
1: well (laughs) because characters kept sort of showing up yeah and i kept having the thought of like is this someone i should know or is this a new character (laughs) is this a character from thor is this a character from a different (laughs) uh movie is this a character that happens to be from a tv show who's just showing up in this so it was slightly uh i i i I guess i like you were talking about with how people feel about, you know, these different movies in Marvel in general. With Phase 4, which is the phase we're in, the post-endgame um, end game phase, there's really, like, a couple of different kinds of movies that we've got going on here because they're introducing new characters. So we have movies like Shang-Chi and Eternals and some of the TV shows like Ms. Marvel that are... Like, fresh starts. I mean, they, yeah. they're they're integrating into the world, but they're, like, new characters. We're getting origin stories. So you can watch those pretty much without knowing anything about Marvel. And then there's sort of, like, ending kind of pieces, like Black Widow, where you feel like they're sort of, like, finishing up something that they didn't really finish up earlier but then i think dr strange and thor have been the first two of the of this in this new batch that are the kind of like continuation of stuff from the first one and these movies also feel a little bit like um connector movies where they're bringing different people from different plot lines together they're more in the like captain america civil war sort of genre of like putting these pieces together and i think that that is where i have the most difficulty is because like i'm not watching all of these tv shows i haven't watched all these movies even though i feel like in general like in the grand scheme of things i am probably more knowledgeable about this than the average viewer
0: Yeah, you're like a B-minus student of the MCU. I'm still, like,
1: confused as to what's happening sometimes. And I really (laughs) felt that in this and in the Doctor Strange movies because I felt like there were pieces that I just hadn't watched or wasn't sure of what was happening. And that sort of takes away from the story a little bit.
0: See, that's funny, too, because I totally see that. But I also think... You have ardent MCU fans who like Doctor Strange, but who did not like Love and Thunder. And I think that... N- well, they're also n- very different.
1: ...difference there. Yeah. They're very different movies. They got a lot of different stuff going on. I mean, we'll get into yeah them sort of like as a comparison. But, but I think in general, as a theme, like I'm sort of a little worried looking ahead at like the <laughs> new Black Panther movie, the next <laughs> Ant-Man movie, the new... Guardians yeah, I mean, you Galaxy just have to movie. commit. All of those seem like they're going to be full of stuff from the TV shows, from the other movies. I mean, okay, okay, okay. But let's
0: calm down because the only thing with, Thor Love and Thunder that you're missing is Ragnarok. Because that's the piece. Taika Waititi came in, directed the third Thor. Chris Hemsworth was famously getting over the Thor character. He was bored by it. Thor 2 was a disaster. No one liked it. One of the worst of the MCU still. Um, And in Thor, in the original Thor, he plays it very... Uh, like masculine, very serious, even though it's still funny, but there's none of this tongue-in-cheek sort of classic energy you get now in the Thor from Ragnarok to Infinity Wars to Endgame and now Love and Thunder. So Taika Waititi and him kind of partnered up to have this really zany, colorful rebranding of Thor. And so a lot of that carries into Love and Thunder, obviously, but everyone else this is very much just like a Thor-specific. Aside from the Guardians popping up in the intro piece because of the end of Endgame they brought off together, it's really just Thors. There's not like secret Easter eggs and there's not like a lot of Marvel Universe like through lines, which I think some people found annoying because it's like, where is this broader story going? How does this fit into the broader scheme? Like, what is happening? This doesn't tie into anything. And so it is sort of a standalone, like an island onto itself, I guess. Um, And I had fun watching it. I can see why you would be (laughs) confused (laughs) if you didn't, you know, remember if you'd never met Korg or you didn't remember, you know, Natalie Portman's uh, storyline, thin though it was. Um, But I thought this was a fun movie. So I was surprised to see so many people hate it. But I think a lot of people hate it because it felt so uh, kind of disconnected from the grander scheme.
1: It also felt slight. Yeah. it was short. It was under two hours, which I was yes. thankful for in comparison the to the shortest a lot of Marvel, other
0: Marvel movie. Movies. Yeah,
1: but it it felt short. It felt like the the plot didn't really matter that much. Yeah, it just felt like a uh, like a kind of one off plot line. Yeah. Um the fact that Natalie Portman was like gone and then sort of came back for this, I felt was a little bit um. <laughs> I don't she just didn't have a lot of like gravitas to her necessarily. I felt like her plot lines weren't super compelling. There's also a lot of stuff with kids in this movie which I think makes <laughs> it feel less serious, you know, it's like right. more like it more You're like, like a yeah, yeah, like a family kind of affair. Um And then also, like, I appreciated the humor in it, but Mm -hmm. I think that this movie is basically a comedy. It's not really an action movie in a lot of ways. And so the, like, all of the stuff with Zeus, and it's just like so comedy leading that it doesn't yeah. feel like as superhero-y or as stressful as a lot of the other Thor movies did and then it's a weird juxtaposition because that's most of the movie and then you have Christian Bale playing this like, very <laughs> creepy villain Gore who's supposed God to be, yeah like kind of terrifying and it's like okay well you're you sort of like have stumbled into the wrong movie so yeah like we need <laughs> a villain who's like a little bit more kooky no, and i loved it and i felt like i mean i like the villain and it was very campy but i felt like he should have been the villain to right. a different like they should have paired him with something else and given us a villain who was a little bit more like um i don't
0: like not like penguin or Mr. yeah Harry's, yeah like, like a, a jokery kind yeah. of a, like
1: someone who's a little bit more like um comical right like give me harley quinn or something like <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. And Taika Waititi is really irreverent or, around this responsibility. Like, he joked about not having anything written. That there was like, he says there's a four hour cut of the movie because he just had everyone kind of ad libbing and improv, and most of it wasn't good. But this is what we got out of it. He just did an interview for Vanity Fair with uh, Tessa Thompson where they review some of the scenes, and he was making fun of the VFX and even realizing that he left a shot in that doesn't actually make sense in the movie, like of Tessa Thompson's reaction. So there is like this sort of indifference to the to the world building he's meant to have, which I think rubs some people the wrong way. Like, obviously, you should care about this billion dollar uh, project, million dollar project. But yeah, it is kind of funny to think about watching it without any of that context because I really like Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok is the stronger movie because it bridges the two themes better. Like it's it's a lot of jokes, a lot of fun, but it's also like has a heart to it. And you have the storyline of Loki and the brothers and Thor, Thor needing to get to find his groove again And this kind of hits the same beats where he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm closing myself off, but that's really quickly fixed. And then it's like, oh, I have this project. It feels very like TV serialized. Like we got this weird episode to get through, but then we were all at the same place by the end almost. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was like ultimately a refreshing break from the self seriousness that we've had in recent projects and it was like a nice reminder that similar to how marvel started you did have all these one off movies that had teeny tiny hints that they were connected you know like a random in credit scene introducing um oh my gosh what's his name in iron man or like finding out infinity stones whatever yeah And, but every movie was just like a standalone and then it slowly came together. And I think they're attempting the same thing, but it's hard when we've already seen behind the curtain. So now we're waiting to see how everything connects. And that's like what we're wanting instead of just wanting individual movies. And so things like Doctor Strange not lining up with any of the other lore they've released through Loki or um, Spider Man. It just seems like, well, what are we like? What are we doing here? Like, what's going to happen if all these things are still happening? in their own spheres but it felt kind of refreshing to me
1: yeah well i was also i was thinking that about the natalie portman character at some point like because she dies at the end of this movie but then as she was dying i was like oh she like there's still versions of her in other universes like she's definitely going to come back at some point in some form or another (laughs) so it sort of like took the like i was like upset for a second and then i was like oh Like, but maybe actually not really, because if they want to use her again, they easily can. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a pretty low stakes universe at this point. Um, Yeah, because literally, yeah, (laughs) they've got a timeline jump now, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm I'm sad you didn't see Ragnarok Uh, because I feel like you missed the valkyrie stuff obviously korg the rock creature i didn't Um, uh, yeah i
1: was confused about him i mean (laughs) i had remembered tessa thompson from was she in one she was in other things
0: i think she got i think i mean she appears in endgame but i think she was snapped in infinity war Mm -hmm. but she's the ending of her storyline in endgame is that she's crowned king of the new asgard which yes, is... which is
1: like a which is like a town on Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because in Ragnarok, their world like a,
1: also like a Disney World sort of <laughs> thing. And then at one point, she's yeah. wearing like a Phantom of the Opera T-shirt for a yeah, while, and she's I was very casual. About. I I was yeah. I the movie just needed a bit more <laughs> ink to it. I think. Um, well,
0: they were probably trusting the audience to a sequel. Usually, sees the preceding film. Well,
1: you know, I I I felt like. I wasn't, like, so confused by right, the plotline right. line of this. It just felt like the, the, the movie did not feel like it was tonally, like, doing what it's supposed to. Because mm. you start out with this scene of Christian Bale in the desert and, like, his daughter mm-hmm. is dying and he is, like, so upset. Because then he stumbles upon these gods who don't care and he's like, well... I've been praying to you, like you're supposed to be the my god and you don't care if my daughter dies? Like what's the point of this? And then kills them, which I feel like is a super interesting mm. and kind of evocative picture to paint and and a really compelling villain arc. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie just sort of seems so silly that it never, it never really like gets back to that level of importance. And then... Yeah, the, the rest of the plot is like, so then he's going around killing all of these gods. He kidnaps a bunch of people from Asgard and hopes that like Thor comes and he can kill Thor. Um, and Thor and then there's this also this plot line where um Jane, yes, his wife Her yeah. girl, ex-girlfriend Girlfriend, played yeah. by Natalie Portman Like, has cancer And so in order to fend off The cancer, she has to sort of become Like Lady Thor with this hammer And so she's going around kind of Saving people too, but mostly just so She doesn't die of cancer because of the Because she can't get sick when she has the hammer With her, Um, so like her And, and Thor have Like some weird interactions, but it's never <laughs> Like you... It's a weird reason for why she's a superhero, I feel like. And they don't... I felt like they didn't, like, get into it that as much. Because that's also, like, a weird, very sad, depressing plotline that, again, is in this weird movie that's very comical. And it just, like, the pieces didn't quite fit. And I felt like it was... which is a rare thing to say about a Marvel movie, but it was just like a little too short. Like there were too many things that weren't really like gone into enough. And then you get to the end and it's like Thor and his new adopted daughter, like, Oh, let's go like fight some bad guys. (laughs) And you're like, what? Like this, this just doesn't like the parts of this don't feel like they go together. It feels like they put like four different movies and it's kind of like mished them together.
0: Yeah. I think there is a problem of like, definite plot convenience happening where he rushes through things or doesn't bother explaining things. Um, Everything kind of lines up conveniently. Like there's this whole, well, we're going to go see the gods and ask for help. But then suddenly when that doesn't work out, it's like, well, we need this lightning bolt. We need Zeus's lightning bolt. It's the only weapon. And it's like, well, why? When did that happen? And then Thor is able to use the lightning bolt as his hammer almost but it's like well why would his why would this god's lightning bolt you know bring the magical road to travel to any planet inner dimension whatever work like there's like these yeah. weird leaps that don't make any sense and he just kind of hopes you don't notice because similarly it's like yeah we don't we see like jane foster in cancer treatment and then suddenly she's looking at a book and she's like oh this hammer is calling to me and she goes to new asgard to like see it because it was destroyed at the end of ragnarok and it's like on display as like this sort of you know uh display case and then it suddenly gets magical and seems to come together but we don't know that as an audience until it cuts to a fight in the middle of the night and thor realizes there's another thor present And he's like, what? How'd you steal my look? How'd you get my hammer? And then it's her. And it's never explained when, like, what timeline this happened, like, how long she's had it, what she first did when she realized she had superpowers. Like, it's very much like, oh, yeah, I have this hammer. And now I know how to fight super well. It's like, there's a few jokes about, like, not knowing how to be a superhero. But it's like, I feel like it'd be more of a conversation, (laughs) just on an interest level, right? Like, Just to kind of break through how that happened, especially given that she's a scientist who obviously like in the first one isn't given much to do, but is interested in that through line between like logic and, you know, gods existing. So it's kind of like I wish they'd explored that a little more because while I liked that this movie gave us some levity and I enjoy Taika Waititi's style, and it seemed like everyone in the film was having a good time and put on a good performance, it was kind of like stepping back away from the glow of the the movie screen. You're like, huh, (laughs) none of that really did anyone any service. Like, Valkyrie's underplayed, Jane's underplayed, even Gore's underplayed. Like It seems like they had interesting character arcs that weren't bothered to really be explored.
1: Yeah, yeah, like and Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson, I feel like are such great actresses yeah. that like you could have used them for so much and it just kind of felt like they were there without yeah. much purpose. I think that with the Marvel movies, like we've gotten so many that are so um that are so serious and like yeah. I mean like even like the last Spider-Man movie, there's just so much like happening with it that this just felt like a throwaway that like no one's going to remember in two (laughs) years and lost in all of these other movies that are doing more interesting things. And I love some levity. I mean, but I think that you either have to do something like Shang-Chi where you like have Aquafina in the mix and she's giving you levity, but it's like still a very, like a more serious movie or you have to do something a little bit more like the first Spider-Man where you make the stakes a little bit lower and you just make the whole thing a little bit more fun. Yeah. Where this, it felt like the stakes were high because they were like, oh, we're going to kill all of the gods. and But
0: mm-hmm. then the stakes
1: were also super low in the tone of it.
0: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I- I'll be curious to see if you ever watch Ragnarok because I'm interested if you think that's a better vehicle. Um, well,
1: I think everybody has said that right Well, yeah. <laughs> but I
0: wonder if you'll have the same concerns with the tonal shifts but I because yeah I think I see I see the I see the complaints I walked out of the theater surprised to see how low of a score it has surprised to see some of the critics um words around it but I can see like generally speaking the storyline isn't complex but I don't know if that means it's a bad movie for what it sets out to do I think it loses points for how it treats its side characters its insular characters and I think there are ways he could have strengthened the movie as a whole um because I think I think what's interesting too is when they first announced this it was like Tessa Thompson was like oh yeah we're gonna give Valkyrie her her queen we're gonna make sure she has her love interest because she's she's Hinted at as bi, bisexual in the Ragnarok, and that was a big part of Tessa Thompson's promo tour is that she's like, oh, I played her this way because I, I don't even know if that's like canonically in the comic books or whatever. But then in the promotions for this film... Everyone was talking about, like, oh, this is so gay. Like, this is so queer. You're going right. to love it. And Which then it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Like, I think there's... That's every Disney movie. Yeah.
1: Every single movie that we get now from Disney or Star Wars or Marvel is like, yeah. ooh, there's some kind of gay thing in it. And it's like it's it's in the background. Yeah, think, yeah. It's hinted at. I mean, really, Eternals, I feel like, has been the only thing that's
0: been... There's been, like, an even storyline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's like they mentioned, like Korg is found from two dads, and it's a uh, is a homosexual like species that makes babies through holding hands, whatever. But the but other it thing, like it's an alien <laughs> where there's only men. Yeah, exactly. So it barely counts as uh, yeah. <laughs> representation. I-, I don't know if you identify with that, but like uh, it's there if you want it. Um, yeah. But the other thing, the big news was was natalie portman coming back and natalie portman had talked about how like oh it was a disappointing couple movies to work on because she's she's just the love interest like um she's not given much to do just like every love interest in marvel so it was exciting to think of her coming back and having a bigger screen time so it was kind of weird to see how they wrote both of these characters that they use as like a promo like see we're doing it we're adding like diversity we're getting female representation and it's like well okay but you totally undo all of Valkyrie's like character growth in Ragnarok where she lost her entire you, her other her co-Valkyries in this horrific battle and she's the lone survival, and she goes to this planet to like live in misery but Thor is able to re-inspire her to like die in glory to come back and save Asgard type thing. And so then in this movie for her to just be so flippant and blase about it to the point of she's not even in the final battle because she makes this like joke that's like, oh, well, I figure I don't want to die anyways. It's like, I think they could have made it more interesting to explore. Oh, she realizes she's a champion for the new Asgard and she has to live for them instead of die for herself type thing but it's all just played for laughs, so you're not really allowed to care about her choices. And similar to Jane, like, yes, she gets to kick ass and she seems to be having more fun, but ultimately she's just a vehicle for Thor to learn something as he goes forward in his journey while she dies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was very Thor heavy. I I feel like Thor and Christian Bale, got the most sort of like screen time character development. I mean honestly Russell Crowe as Zeus was I felt like yeah. he's more memorable and had sort of like more to play with than Natalie Portman did. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know why like, I can see why if Natalie Portman is in this series and then she wa- and she's like, okay, the second Thor sucked. I'm not going to come back for the third one. But then the third one does really well. And then there's all obviously like Endgame and Black Panther and all of those movies do great. How she kind of gets like lured back in yeah because um, her character doesn't die. So it's like she's around. But this was not. Yeah, I didn't. It's not that I hated this movie. It's just that this movie feels very forgettable to me in that I don't think that it will like in all of these marvel things that we have there's really nothing about it that like stands out. Like what would you say was like the best part of this or like if there's one thing that you would like remember what would that be?
0: Well, I guess it's a weird question cuz I like this Thor. Like I find him very funny. Chris Hemsworth is him very easy too. to watch. So I could see myself re-watching this movie and being happy I did it more than a lot of other Marvel parts entrance. to it. Yeah. Like so whole- I like his his energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause it was funny. Like I I I, I was entertained. Yeah. yeah. Even the like obviously Taika just wanted to do like weird set pieces like the gods orgy planet and then the black and white evil planet and the like shadow monsters. And I thought they were all fun enough that I could see why he thought this was good enough. Like it felt like a Star Trek episode, right? Like it's very, it's very like set driven, but it doesn't necessarily care to concern itself with any more depth beyond just a good time.
1: I think that usually with these Marvel movies, I think, oh, they're a little too overproduced. And this felt like it was a little underproduced. Like, Thor went so well that they were like, okay, we're going to give Taika Waititi, like, the, you know, a little bit more free reigns. And I think someone could have gone through here and, like, cleaned up the script a little bit and fixed some things. Although I thought that parts of it were really great. Like, the scene with um with the girl who gets her arm chopped off oh, and yeah. you're talking about like oh she's gonna go to, you're gonna go to Asgard, and he's like actually and not yeah. or you're gonna go to valhalla, valhalla. like yeah. oh, actually not because you didn't die in battle you died after battle yeah well, maybe your arm is in valhalla <laughs> like i thought that was really funny um you know the yeah all of the stuff with zeus i thought was really clever and entertaining yeah um there were lots of sort of like how they keep getting Jane's name wrong and calling her by like other actresses' names. I thought yeah. was interesting, like Jodie Foster. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I don't know. The, if okay, let's do this experiment. Okay, of like ranking the phase four <laughs> movies that we've seen. When did they start? So that Spider-Man, so that's Black Widow. Oh right, Shang Chi, Eternals, okay. the new Spider-Man. Doctor Strange, and Thor. So there's six of them.
0: I guess I'd say Spider-Man, Thor. No, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Thor. And then bottom of the heap is Eternals. Second to last is Black Widow, and then whatever's left. Doctor Strange. Oh. (laughs) Actually, Doctor Strange, second worst. So Black Widow squeaks ahead.
1: Okay. I feel like I am... On a very different way. <laughs> I think that the best one was Shang-Chi.
0: Yeah, it was good. I really and liked that And then it.
1: Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, I liked Eternals. I would put mm-hmm. that third. Yeah. And then Black Widow. And then <laughs> I feel like the Thor and Doctor Strange <laughs> no. are the bottom two. I think those, yes, I think those are the worst two
0: of the group. That is, so- but you had more fun watching Thor than some of those. So that's where it confuses but, me. Uh, did I, though? Like, well, I, mean, I thought so cuz I don't remember you liking like Black Widow that much.
1: I don't, but I think the Black Widow, was, like, as a like movie a better, sort of like made sense mm, and was like yeah. a cohesive movie and also I right. really liked the Florence Pugh performance in that. I thought that she that's was fair, really good. That's fair. Yeah. Um, where this I felt like did not make sense as a film.
0: <laughs> You know, I saw an interesting Doctor Strange. Both of them, I think,
1: were trash for different reasons.
0: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I saw an interesting proposition, which was obviously Marvel is trying to diversify, and they've said they wanted to play with genre more, even though they haven't kept true to his word because they've wanted to make Doctor Strange horror, and they really dialed that back. Even, but I saw someone say. Um, that this would have been a good opportunity for Marvel to go fully outside their comfort zone and let Taika Waititi direct a mockumentary about Thor, similar to his little short he did in between Captain America and Avengers, where he's like has his roommate in Australia, and similar to obviously Taika Waititi does when we were shadows. Yeah.
1: Um, in the yeah, what we do? What shadows. we do in the
0: shadows. And I think something like that would have been a lot more fun and allowed Taiko yes. AT to do his fun, zany, quirky 100%. humor. While also entertaining the people who want more world building and like have interest in seeing like what, you know, the day-to-day life of a superhero would be. And I think that would have been fun to even have something like this happening in the background, but Thor's still like trying to like you know, f- figure out how to run New Asgard and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, it could have been a little bit like Parks
1: and Recce. Yeah. You have him and uh, Valkyrie. Uh, like, I don't know. it. And there were... Yeah, or yeah, like Training
0: really... Jane or something. Yeah, like, I think really it would have been funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I like that idea. Um, I also think that, honestly, they... I mean, I I haven't looked exactly at, like, the the ratio of like men to women involved in like the, all of the behind the scenes. Right. Cause I know these Marvel movies are like, you know, built by committee of a hundred people, but it does feel to me that even though they're trying to add more <laughs> women to yeah. the plot line, that they keep sort of fucking it up yeah. of, of what to, um of like how to use them. Like, yes. I'm not sure that we've gotten a real successful woman storyline yet yeah i'm trying to think of through these movies that we like, like the wasp yeah.
0: i guess she was the first titular uh woman character captain marvel um obviously wanda yeah i but, think yeah. Like all
1: of those have been bad well I like...
0: Like well I like wandavision but i like wandavision but then i feel like yeah. they sort of
1: screwed her up in the <laughs> yeah dr strange Definitely. movie like the the wasp is okay i guess but she's like not yeah. yeah captain marvel i liked but was it, uh, felt, yeah, it feels I like they haven't I really did. known what to do with her very much after yeah. that um yeah. yeah black widow's not great but <laughs> i
0: think it's interesting to see like Valkyrie versus Black Widow and I feel like they have such a compelling character with Valkyrie and her sad backstory but also Tessa Thompson's sort of like sarcastic energy. And in the beginning of this movie, they do like a montage of her looking kind of bored in her role as king and not feeling challenged, but also succeeding at it. And so I wish I thought they would focus on that more, like kind of give her Mm -hmm. something or like see if she's excited to be back in battle, but then she just kind of disappears for the final act. Like she literally just stays. (laughs) It's very confusing why they would do her dirty like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is like a character there that you feel like they could work with more. It's interesting because they also obviously had a lot of criticism at the beginning of the MCU about how white all of the characters were. (laughs) And they, I guess, I guess the first, Was it Black Panther? Yeah, that was the first, which feels like it took forever because there's so many movies before that. But I think Black Panther was such a success. And then, you know, I think the Shang-Chi movie also was really well done. That It's interesting to me that they can somehow figure out how to do like another culture well, but they can't figure out how to do (laughs) a woman well. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean the only woman director had like an ensemble cast of 27. So it would have been interesting to see her dig into something a little smaller I think, scale. I think
1: Black Widow also had a woman female director. Oh, did it. But I do, yeah, but yeah. you forgot that we even I know. Women, I really
0: so. <laughs> I just don't care for Black Widow. But yeah, I mean, you you see like hints of it getting better. Like I think there are definitely like strides moving past the performativeness of in game where it's like hey ladies let's get information type of like throwing a bone to the audience um but yeah it's it's interesting with someone as seemingly invested in diversity as taika Waititi, and who's used his platform to say he wanted to do movies that showed off more of this female spirit it's like well okay <laughs> but like and that being said, it didn't – it wasn't, like, distracting or insulting. It just feels like a missed opportunity. Like, it seems like it was a half-baked draft that he should have gone back to and kind of finessed a little bit
1: more. I do also the wonder a, a little bit as to if – he was not allowed to give Valkyrie more because of like what their plans were for later on. I mean, like, I don't know if that's in my mind, that feels like a character that they should be like pivoting towards and like perhaps give her a movie or a TV show or like more of a role at some point. But if they don't have that in their vision, then it might be like, okay, well, or if Tessa Thompson doesn't want to do that with her career, because I could also see that sort of being a, a vibe that they are, steering away from that i don't know it it's also interesting to me that taika waititi's first movie did so well and then this one felt sort of like a little eh, and ryan coogler whose black panther did so well his second film is coming up here shortly granted that has that. the whole situation with um yeah
0: it's Chad, a tough the chadwick
1: Bozeman. so i think that there'll be a little bit more leniency there but i'm hoping that that the track record, like, that Ryan Coogler is able to, like, stick the landing Yeah, a that more sophomore slump. Round. It's it's a yeah. tough
0: one. Because, um, yeah, I literally didn't remember Black Panthers coming out until I saw a poster. Because there's not been anything about it yet. There's not been a trailer or a teaser yet. No,
1: well, Very mysterious. I
0: think, it, I think it took...
1: Like, I oh, think yeah, they were about a... ready to go into production, and then yeah. Chadwick died. Yeah. And so...
0: Yeah, which is wild that we're getting three Marvel movies in a year, not to mention all the TV shows.
1: But three, I think we've gotten more than that, haven't we? I or think Eternals. No, Eternals was like oh, yeah, January, Eternals February, whatever. Year, and and Spider. Oh yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With those.
0: Yeah. Oh it's man. It's like six movies
1: within a year <laughs> period. Yeah,
0: it's it does it does feel like a lot. It does. I I felt a little bit. I've felt a little bit burnt out. And I think that's why things like Miss Marvel and this movie have been like a refreshing break for me because it's like, oh, at least I don't have to like think about the full picture. Like they're kind of their own little bubble um, and they just exist. And it's not concerned with like, like even the end credit scenes aren't like, dun dun, what's coming next? Well, Hercules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it.
1: I go, oh, is it guess a bad guy? <laughs> also, we have She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, coming oh, out in yeah. uh, in like a couple of weeks, so get yeah. excited for that.
0: Well, that's the other thing people complain about is the VFX in this movie and most Marvel projects. Now it seems like like they're famously bad to work with, according to like anonymous Reddit threads and Twitter X Twitter people who are like, "This was my worst job. They overwork you. They underpay you. They expect huge." Sp- turnarounds like fast turnarounds and you're just forced to work in these insane conditions and they've also introduced this new sort of green screen where you kind of like you build the the background and then it automatically like fills in behind them so it's not necessarily as crafting uh, as Mm -hmm. previous and you can kind of like see it in some of the in a lot of of this looks bad yeah because it's almost like it's shot in basically like (laughs) <laughs> what's the portrait mode where everything in the background is yeah. conveniently blurred it's all bright and lovely and then the other the actual actors are lit very differently and obviously like that's not noticeable unless you're looking for it or attuned to that sort of detail like it's not it's clearly not as bad as like re-watching like Star Wars episode 2 or whatever there's obvious still skill and talent to making these insane these wild like set pieces but it is kind of like you you guys are huge you're disney like you are the (laughs) the industry like so you should be able to invest more carefully in making sure these are the best instead of churning out three to four movies a year plus two to four shows well and also some of their stuff like almost looks cartoony yeah and so it's
1: hard when some of it is real like hyper realistic and then some of it isn't and then there'll be scenes where they're just like kind of walking through a field and you're like okay (laughs) the the things behind them aren't real like this seems like a shot that you could have easily just done on location it could have been fine but you can tell that it's a green screen because it just like doesn't look quite right yeah and i think especially when you compare it to i Like Shang-Chi or Eternals, which I feel like were such beautiful movies, this was not delivering on that level.
0: I did like the, like, shadow realm fight. I thought it was, like, a cool visual to see the shadow monsters kind of come out against this moon. It felt very, like, claymation-y almost. And I thought that was, like, a fun, distinctive... Thing, and then, like it was all bleached black and white until someone was holding like one of their weapons or whatever. Yeah. And so I think there were like interesting and fun visuals happening, but it was like burdened with, um, I don't know, kind of kind of getting to that Marvel showy fight. And I did like the kids' battle scene. I thought that was funny and cute. Um, but then I was, the final. Like, I piece, thought it was
1: cute, but then I also was sort of like.
0: Like, how did it work?
1: (laughs) Well, no, but I was, like, okay. Like, when they were, like, okay, like, every kid, like, pick up a gun. Like, we're going to go, like, have a weapon. I was sort of, like, this is giving some, like, child soldier energy. like Yeah, it was desperate times. There was was a moment where I sort of had a pang of, like, and then then I was, like, no, like, I think this is okay because, you know, they're, like fighting for their life or whatever yeah there was a section where i was like did we in the year of our lord 2022 did we really need like a like children grab your gun moment
0: well to be fair it's weapon and most of them were like stuffed animals or like rocks or that were yeah but they were sort of like shooting things
1: out of them or you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah i can see that i can see that but yeah
0: yeah no and there was actually a strange like In Zeus, in Zeus's world, there was this huge bloodbath. And I was like, the only reason this is not R-rated right now is because this is gold blood. But it was, like, literal, like, limbs chopping off, necks being slit. And I was like, whoa. Well, also, they kept mentioning orgy. And I was like,
1: this doesn't feel like a – For a movie that has a lot about children to have, like, all of these orgy references. It's still PG-13,
0: Matthew. Um... I mean, yes. But that
1: felt like something that I was sort of shocked that – like, they were talking about group sex parties, like, <laughs> like repeatedly in a scene.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's some of the comic book, uh, like, jokes in world building. Because comic books are pretty infirmature. I mean, yes, I know that. But, but yeah, just, it was...
1: Like, for Disney in general, I don't know. Disney is such a weird entity because yeah. some of their stuff feels so, like well, we have to be friendly, family-friendly. Right. And then every now and again, they throw something in there, and you're like, <laughs> what?
0: Yeah. I also felt like the ending, I could have done with a little bit more emotional yes, pizzazz, um, because it ends with, it turns out Gore's one goal is to get to the center of the universe where you're granted one wish, and his wish will be to kill all the gods, and then everyone will be wiped out, you know? Um, and so once they get there, Thor is like, please... Use this. Don't you want to be with your daughter? Don't you want to save your daughter? That can be your one wish, which feels kind of manipulative from Thor, because it's like, do you really want him to do that, or do you just not want him to wish you dead? Well,
1: but also does feel like that if your whole thing was that you miss your daughter, it right. does feel strange that you'd been to be wishing to kill gods rather than to just have your daughter back. Yeah,
0: it seemed like a, a obvious moment where Gore should have been like, oh, duh, yes. Well, it um, kind of does. Yeah you are like, oh, good idea. Yeah. And so then he dies, and Thor becomes the honorary parent to this god of of love now. Yeah,
1: so we get another child soldier. Yeah. (laughs) What we've been looking for.
0: But the cute thing is that that's his actual daughter, IRL, and I think that's, I love, I love when kids play against their parents. Yeah.
1: So that's his daughter. I did not know
0: that. Yeah, the Hemsworth kids are all in it, like in that that battle scene, plus YTT's kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was very uh Because they had like, 95. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought she did a good job. Like, she was cute, and the, like, end scene of that sardonic sort of Thor and the teen chi- tween child was, like, fun. And also proves that I think a, a mockumentary would have been more I- energizing and kind of interesting for the character because he has such great kind of everyday humor
1: wait did lena Heedy was she no they
0: she was in the i don't remember there were a bunch of people who were like jeff goldblum was in ragnarok and shot a scene for this but it was ultimately cut okay i think that happened for a couple different people because again he said he shot for a four hour length Movie, yeah, right? Cuz I'm seeing that
1: it. she was supposed to be in this and I was like was she in another movie I don't or was remember. she just like or was she supposed to be in another like a new character?
0: I don't remember. I don't even know I who that is her
1: listed in Thor Ragnarok or like yeah. I'm looking through her IMDb and I don't see that. So maybe she was a new character, but yeah. She would be a good villain in a Marvel <laughs> movie, I feel.
0: That being said, uh I saw a tweet that says Christian Bale might win an Oscar for this. No, no (laughs) which is so darling to think of but I thought I honestly thought he was really good and it was interesting to see like a great actor play in something like this like I I I was entertained by the seriousness with which he came to the role
1: yeah I thought he was very good in it and I feel like that's where in general a lot of these Marvel movies sort of shine is that they have these incredible villain performances because Cate Blanchett was really good in the um like, the scenes and stuff that I've seen of her mm-hmm. from the original <laughs> Thor. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, who who else have been good, like, villains that they've had? And
0: Michael Keaton was Spider-Man's. I thought he was oh, good. Oh, yes. hmm
1: Um. Oh, the, I mean, Willem Dafoe, obviously. Yeah. Coming yeah. <laughs> back. He was great. Um, oh, and, um, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. As yes, Black Killmonger. Panther. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I think that like that's the place where you can get somebody who's like really talented and and honestly he probably only had to film for like a week so <laughs> yeah. it wasn't an in, an insane amount of work for him. Um, we're running out of of like a listers who have not been in a Marvel <laughs> movie at this point or a superhero. Yeah, movie.
0: I know. I I, I keep mean, the why not for
1: that rock movie?
0: Oh uh, yes, like, yeah, Black Adam. I think that's a DC project.
1: Yeah, it is Shazam
0: or something related.
1: I was just like, oh gosh.
0: <laughs> you like no. Shazam though?
1: Oh, well, I do, but I'm annoyed with the Rock. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh gosh, another one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we've got quite a few uh, things on our docket.
1: What has, has DC had a movie since? Oh, I guess the it Suicide just had the Squad, the Batman. Yeah, I was gonna say the last Suicide Squad was very was good. I would honestly take that over any of the. Um, Marvel movies we've got, <laughs> giant yeah. starfish. And, well, interesting, I mean, that was a f- clever movie. I mean, oh, wait. So, did Gunn you watch the
0: HBO back. show? Did you watch um...
1: Peacemaker? Yeah, I did not. I
0: thought you'd like it. It was fun. It was... Yeah,
1: I thought I probably would too, but I was like, eh, okay, I don't have enough time for it this. It
0: was fun, anymore. and you know, he does a good job of blending humor and heart. And I think, I yes. think this did too. It just, I think you just have to be in a certain mood to accept it. Because it isn't necessarily ironed out and, like, smooth, but there's something, like, cute about its quirkiness. It felt like a
1: connector movie to me. Oh, really?
0: Um, It felt like a a complete standalone where it's just like, oh, this is a fun little jaunt. Like, see you next week on Thor. Well, it felt like they were
1: bringing in – yeah, I mean, it did feel like that. It felt like a TV episode. (laughs) Um, but it's like all of the characters from a previous thing for the most part. They're not like new characters, really. And then it sort of sets it up so that like, okay, and then we're all going to go into the next one. Like this was just, uh, it didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't really like, uh, like it didn't feel like that they were bringing pieces together necessarily. Like, yeah. But it felt like there was nothing that really right. happened in this movie. Like it was just sort of there to bridge it to whatever the next Thor movie yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're looking for heart and length and soul, I guess coming out this week is where the crawdad sings. But are we just going to do our our that movie has
1: gotten horrible reviews <laughs> so far. And I did read the book, and it does have a Taylor Swift song in it. So I would
0: I didn't want to do it. You said to, we had to do to it. Do a dunk on it.
1: <laughs> but I think that we're. I don't think anyone's going to see that movie. <laughs> Thank i feel like heavens. we're good to. i feel like we're good Thank to just you. move on to Thank our you. to our oh,
0: I was like you halfway that.
1: through top 10 yes. our best of the year <laughs> so far films and then and then should the following week we're trolling around looking for something to do we could go back to where the wear the Card. okay okay although perfect. shouldn't you be seeing it as a swifty
0: i mean she just Don't sings the song an and i heard the song mother?
1: I mean, yeah, and so. I also
0: think it's pretty problematic. So I she wasn't interested the book, in the though. book. She read it and I she know, loved it so
1: much. She just had to write Listen, a song for it. Listen, if we want
0: to break down my feelings on Taylor Swift and where the Crawdad sings, then we'll just have to do a whole episode about it. But it sounds like you don't want to invest that time. So I
1: feel like you're a little, I feel like your relationship with Taylor Swift has been souring a bit. <laughs> Is that, no, that comment, no
0: comment. Uh, I, no comment. No comment. I plead the fifth um that's gotta... <laughs>
1: that's what somebody would say who that is true because if it wasn't true you'd say no absolutely not
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we could talk offline I, uh... <laughs> very interesting very interesting.
1: coming around my what was i wouldn't say online. i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say i'm wow. coming
0: around uh
1: you're realizing i was right No, no 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 never you i would never say those words you i would never say hair those hair hair hair. words no 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 no
0: Wow. I still can't wait. You've heard it here first, folks. No. Um, Are you still doing Swiftish? Wow. Wow. How can you ask me that? How dare you? Like, you don't know me? You don't know my life? Um, No, she's been on, she, my co host, had a baby. So she's been on maternity leave. And then Taylor hasn't done anything. So we've been on hiatus. Interesting. Like, what are we, we've already talked about all our songs, basically. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. You could talk about (laughs) it.
0: This doesn't matter. This is Thor, Love and Thunder. Okay? So now, later, or never?
1: Uh, uh, I would say never, honestly. (laughs) This was not giving me anything. That is so
0: harsh. Honestly, I'm shocked. I mean,
1: I guess later. Like, if you were bored bored? and you have Disney Plus... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a nice, simple, straightforward, no stakes, like entertaining vehicle.
1: You know what I was just thinking about? I don't do the Disney Plus streaming guide for BuzzFeed, but I was like, that's an interesting sort of exercise because you obviously can't pick all of the Marvel movies or all of the Star Wars movies, but you have to include some of them. And so like to figure out which ones you're going to pick, I feel like that would be. Now I'm interested sort of, like, for myself to think, like, okay, if I had to pick, like, five Marvel movies to be, like, these are the ones that you should watch, like, what would they be? Yeah. Black, or, I mean, Black Panther, Endgame.
0: I don't, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. It depends yeah. on the person, right?
1: Okay, so I'll pick two. Oh, Shang-Chi. Okay, three.
0: <laughs> you can pitch this to BuzzFeed. Maybe you'll get a, an extra... I could uh, pitch ranking all of
1: the well did I tell you that I'm working on a ranking of there are 50 movies now that have grossed over a billion dollars and I'm doing a ranking of them for BuzzFeed and it's and it's a lot of Marvel but also like a lot of like Jurassic World um, like a Fast and the Furious movie Transformers like random stuff and I haven't seen I think 10 of them so It'll be yeah. fun to rank a bunch of movies that I think are mostly horrifically bad. <laughs> and it's also random which one, like the second Pirates of the Caribbean and the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean both cross that line, but not the third and not the first. Yeah. Even though I feel like most people would say that the first one is the best one. And then the second, and then like the fourth one is not good.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first so, one is the best one.
1: Right. I like the second one too, but yeah. Mm, okay. Um, okay Okay. Uh, this is enough okay (laughs) we've talked long enough we've talked longer than the movie needed yeah (laughs) we'll be back next week we're doing our top 10 countdown best of the year so far oh yeah um i think there's been a lot of good stuff this year so we'll see how much shelby and i agree on whether or not thor love and thunder will be in her top 10 or won't be in mine yeah i'm curious um yeah it'll be interesting so we'll see you guys next week bye